everybody. Welcome um, to this very special episode of the Conscious Thinking Podcast, the podcast from the Conscious Advertising Network. We are recording this special bonus episode in front of a lovely audience. Feel free to whoop if you would like to whoop at the Conscious Thinking live event. Now, this episode is focusing on Cannes' ad fraud manifesto with a special focus on AI and its impact on tackling ad fraud. My name is Nicola Kemp and I'm Editorial Director of Creative Brief and I have an incredible lineup of guests with me today who are going to delve into this very big complex issue of how the advertising industry can leverage AI while also ensuring trust and authenticity in a climate of declining trust. These are huge issues, but luckily I have huge, huge talent with me today. Um, I've got Jules Kendrick. She is Managing Director UK and Europe at the Trustworthy Accountability Group. I've got Dino Myers-Lampty and he is founder of The Barbershop and he's also co-chair of Cannes Advisory Group. And last but not least, I've got the amazing Meninda Paul, and she is the founder of Digital Connectors. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. That was, we've been bigged up. We better be good. Love a big up. So I'm going to set the scene with some more bigging up, but this time of really big figures. So bear with me. So to set the scene, ad fraud, including bot traffic and click fraud, has long been a major issue. It causes losses of over 80 billion in 2022. These losses are projected to exceed 100 billion in 2023. However, recent AI and machine learning advancements have led to new vital tools for real-time detection and prevention of advertising fraud, saving advertisers money and protecting their reputations. So how can the advertising industry leverage AI's potential whilst ensuring trust and authenticity in a climate of declining trust. So Jules, I'd love you to help me out here. Set the scene. Could you provide us with a definition of ad fraud and why it's such a pervasive issue for brand safety and consumers? So I, I think first of all, it's always important because when we talk about ad fraud, it could mean a couple of different things. So there is advertising which defrauds a, cus a consumer um, and that there is um, ad fraud where you're fraudulently taking money for an advert that was not seen by a human eyeball. So that those are the kind of two areas, but there is a halo effect between the two because one begets the other essentially. So, um, and a tag, when we look at ad fraud, um, you, you can't really understand it unless you understand the interconnectedness between ad fraud, brand safety, online piracy and malvertising. Um, and it's the reason that that's important because criminals do not operate in silos. They're just following the money. So one day they might be using malvertising, the next day some bots, the next day creating misin misinformation, disinformation. So it's all interconnected. And that, unfortunately, that breadth allows the kind of um, the, those areas across the chat. The, the supply chain to be affected, which affects both brands and consumers. Um, so it's basically, if you think, you know, website apps, digital properties, where they feature unsafe content, 
that's where fraud enters the supply chain. Those are the kind of the points of attack ultimately for malware and malvertising. And that's what creates the bots um, or the botnets and, and, and creates those kind of invalid non-human engagements. Um, and this then funds additional brand unsafe properties. Um, and then we get this continual development um, of malware that's kind of associated with those properties. And once you have malware on your device, then essentially you are going to continue to generate um, bots and invalid traffic. Um, so, the, and, and that kind of drives that sort of more sophisticated non-human um, activity. So that's quite a long definition, but hopefully that gives you a bit of an idea. It's a really complex ecosystem. Thank you for that explanation. Um, Dino, I'd love to bring you in here. What are some of the most common types of ad fraud techniques that exist across our current media landscape? And I'm thinking particularly about mobile, digital, and social. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think the, the first thing to identify, and Jules has done a quite good job of just kind of summarizing the different types. I mean, ad click fraud is probably a very common type. And, and that is, you know, man-made creation of, you know, uh, bots to pretend and act like humans and click on adverts. Um, and I think the first thing to think about that is a lot of people are still benefiting from that, right? So there's a lot of the industry that are still invested in getting more clicks on their website to earn revenue. So while we talk about the criminals and we talk about, you know, the advertisers and everyone trying to do a good thing, uh, there's a lot of publishers out there that are benefiting from fake traffic, right? Um, so you've got to ask yourself about who's really trying to change this problem that you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, it's gone up from say 20, 20 billion to hundred billion. That's exponential, right? So, so while we're talking about AI being a tool to help to, you know, minimize this, it sounds like AI has been used as a tool to accelerate the ad fraud in the last year, which is the really concerning thing. And you have to ask yourself about well, who in the industry is really trying to stop getting more clicks and getting more advertising revenue into the market. So, I mean, that's the first thing. So the ad, ad, ad clicks is, is one thing. The next thing is made for advertising sites. So sites that are purposely set up just for clickbait, right? Just to, just to generate more and more traffic. You know, you've probably stumbled upon one and clicked away very, very quickly because you've seen the content has been ripped off from somewhere else and it's just packed and loaded with lots and lots of websites. Um, you know, unfortunately the, the tools and the systems that we're using, using in the market aren't sophisticated enough to really strip out those at the moment. And it's a race against, you know, the, the machines, let's say, but it isn't just machines, it's humans. Humans are making decisions to build these sites and humans are making decisions to allow these sites and their networks, um, which is part of the problem. The, the other thing is, is fake identity. So um, there's, a, there's an influencer friend of mine that realized that um, his profile had been recreated thousands of times, right? And he, he only found out because someone asked him uh, went into his DMs and said, oh, I've paid, transferred the money to your account. And he, he was like, I, I never asked for money off, you know, people, I'm not selling services like that. And then he looked, he Googled himself as such in a platform and then found there were, there were thousands of imitation accounts, um, you know, each with a slightly different dot in a different place and whatever else. So I guess that, that all counts as well as this, this fraudulent kind of advertising behavior as well. And as, as Jules mentioned, in terms of the defrauding of people through phishing and creating creating fake sites, fake emails, copying brand identities, you know, imitating. That is a real, real live, real big concern. And I think that, you know, the purpose of what we're talking about here is that the AI function in it all as well. Um, AI just makes it easier to duplicate, imitate, uh, pretend to be human. And, and ultimately, um, this problem isn't solved without a great degree of transparency 
and you know opening up your books and your systems and how you're doing things and saying we've got to work together on solving this problem and sharing information when you find things that are that are foul you know sharing that secret source thank you dino that's really interesting thinking about ai's role in duplication and just the consumer element of these websites that look like advertising bins spewed up on them it's just not a great experience um meninda i would love to get your view on this because the ai topic is so interesting what are some of the examples of AI-generated ad fraud you are concerned about or have observed? And, and how wide-ranging is this, especially in the generative AI space? Yeah, so I totally agree with what Dino just said about some of the um, common ones. But I think there are quite a few that are quite concerning. And some eye-opening numbers show that UK is at the top of the AI ad fraud followed by um, US and a UK is at 17.8%, which is quite big. Um, in, in fact, looking at the types of ad fraud, one is the click ad fraud that, you know, touched upon. But if you look at the web traffic, more than half of it is actually not real, where, which, which tells you really it's the numbers, uh, you know, because people are looking at, you know, how much the traffic has come to our website, but it's not real at the moment. Um, then there's the cookie stuffing, which is again, you know, pop-up ads, and uh, it's almost like somebody's sneaked into your house and left something, except that this is a web browser where uh, they get those codes stuffed into your website and you don't even know, you know, how, how these are. They are really phishing for your personal data. So that's very alarming as well. And the deep fake, which is in case you ever got an ad from Tom Cruise, I'm sorry to break the news. It isn't him. <laughs> uh, it's the deep fake. Um, they make it look so real and so sophisticated that you get trapped into it. So I would say these are the three alarming ones because they are also costing brands a lot of reputation damage. Um, so there's something that they need to really, really consider when it comes to recognizing these threats. Thanks, Menenda. And I was thinking as you were talking, we've read so many headlines of is AI coming for your job? And actually it's coming for your your whole personality, your your voice, your look. I, I too have had messages from Tom Cruise. I was very disappointed that it was not him. And Jules, I'd love to bring you in here because in 2022, Walk highlighted some adjust research which identified that fraudulent activity in gaming had increased by 172% between 2019 and 2020. And that same article also pointed towards CTV now being the most targeted environment for fraudsters, especially for non-certified programmatic buys. Is this issue exclusive to digital and online advertising? So I always, I'm always a bit nervous when we use these sort of stats uh, because um, sometimes the research is not always based in um, in the right data, but I said earlier that the fact is that the criminals go where the money is and, and where we see audiences growing is obviously in gaming and CTV. And, and it's actually something that um, in the anti-fraud working group that we run at, at TAG, which is representatives of the whole industry across the supply chain, it's something that we've been looking at. And, and when we created the industry standards or, you know, when the industry created them, they were pretty channel, well, they were channel agnostic, but I mean, we, we, you know, we first, we've been around for eight years now with these standards. So we are seeing now that perhaps we need to look at the standards and make them more specific to the channel that we're looking at, because 
while we're seeing in some of the sort of website apps, the digital, the sort of traditional um, digital um, properties, we are able to address the issue around ad fraud. And like I said, when you buy through, you know, the research that TAG runs shows that, you know, we, we can keep fraud below 1%. Um, but we are looking at these kind of emerging environments and they are using new types of placements. So it is important for us to evolve and work and make sure that the standards are right. But ultimately, yes, you know, that's where, you know, wherever the money is, wherever the audiences are, that's where there will be the most fraud. But there is a lot of work going to, and I think there is a big appetite from the gaming and CTV um, channels or those verticals to really want to address it. So yeah, it's an issue, but we're starting to address it. Thank you. And Dino, I'd love to bring you in here because we've got these big existential crises around AI and around the issues of if we're asking the past to tell us what to do with the future. But in the simplest sense, AI is only trained on the data that it's fed in. And while AI can look for patterns in that data, it just can't keep up with the pace of of the new types of fraud that, that Jules has just mentioned. Is it simply the case, as with many recent tech innovations, that there's always more innovation and ingenuity on the dark side with regards to AI than when it comes to really combating ad fraud? Yeah, I, I think the um, the dark side is 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 more greatly incentivized, but there's also an incentive on the light side, as we talked about. There's a lot of publishers out there that have got decent sites that are just trying to drive more users, more views. And no one's holding them to account. They're not. They're not asking the right questions about was that a real user or was it was it not. So I think that you know the, the stats that you mentioned. I think it's something like one in three pounds spent in digital advertising is ad is, is ad fraud. Um, you know, there's there's too too many people. A third of you know of, of all revenue is is being is benefiting from that broken model. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of answers. So when you talk about in terms of the AI being fed information and it's it's yes, that's the function of AI, but AI is fed information. It starts with humans, right? It starts with humans that program it. It starts with humans that know, you know, what's right, what's wrong. It's the, it's humans that spot an advert and look at the nuance as to whether it's causing offense or whether it isn't. And you can't rely upon, you know, technology just to do those things because there's so many nuances and judgment. You just have to invest in it. If it's, if it's 100 million, if it's 200 million, whatever it is, if that's the cost of the damage that's been done, then there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a price to pay to make sure it's been moderated in the right way. But I think that there's not enough um, people that are uh, going to benefit from the world without it, in a sense. And that's part of the problem. So we have to think of uh, other ways of, of, of kind of forcing it to some degree. Um, you know, I think that brands always want real people, right? Brands are the people that want actual real customers to buy their products. So brands have to come forward and lean more actively into stamping this out and insisting upon working with verified traffic, you know, auditing the, the, the human, you know, the humans behind and making sure the technology is consistent and there's transparency as well in the models that have been used. There's transparency and openness in the algorithms that have been built. So things can be done about it. It's amazing how, you know, actually quite hard it is to, you know, you know, and I won't mention any particular social media, but if you try and set up and you become a supplier, right, you know, there's a load of people that probably had their accounts banned for things they haven't done. And suddenly they, it's impossible to get back on, right? It's impossible. And, and yet, you know, all this verification kind of happens, but then yet all this stuff gets, goes through. 
So something's fundamentally broken, right? Something's fundamentally broken on both sides. You know, even the good stuff's been stopped as well. So you need to get humans back involved again to to reset it and to redo it. And I think that's a, that's a fundamental piece that needs to happen. Thank you. I think that really ties into right at the beginning of today, the conversation about funding diverse media platforms, like actually taking some of that decision on a personal level. Um, Meninda, I would love to bring you in here because what considerations should brands have front of mind or what activities should they be pursuing with social media and advertising platforms when it comes to ad fraud, particularly when it comes to AI or machine learning? Yeah, so I think I, I loved what Dino said here that brands have to become more conscious about it. So for me, the big thing is being conscious and since hence the theme as well. Um, so it's important that they know what's the bigger picture in you know using AI in the right way. Um, and the other part is making your team aware. The education awareness is very important. So train them in the right way to be to be able to acknowledge where the threats are coming from. What do they look like? Is it deep fake? Is it click fraud? And how do you then mitigate that? Working with trusted partners is another thing um, because you know you just have to make sure that they understand what are the threats and how how do they tackle that as well. And the fourth thing is collaboration, really. So being in forums like these, um, talking about it and sharing knowledge and, you know, have a collective, really. Thank you. And and with that collaboration in mind, um, I'd love to get a roundup um, of this discussion from you by just really getting a, a point from all of you around, do you actually trust AI's potential in this? Because I sometimes think we look for easy solutions to very big, complex questions. Um, Jules, what's your view? So I, I know you were you were saying earlier AI coming for our jobs. I, I don't think that's the case because AI needs us, um, as in human beings, not just us on the panel. Um, so um, you know, I do, I do tr trust its potential uh, to combat ad fraud. I think you know I've worked in this industry for twenty five years, aging myself, um, and we do tend to sort of run after the shiny new object and sometimes we build things without thinking about the future of our industry and you know we are sort of 25 years old nearly so we, you know we're, we're not that nascent anymore so we need to think about the future but I, I do think it's not a silver bullet that's the important thing and we and we do tend to search for a silver bullet occasionally um not just our industry i'm sure but so i think it's you know it's about acknowledging the risks um, and, and one of those is, is the fact that, and we've heard of it, you know, that the AI systems can be manipulated um, and, you know, they can create false positives, which can then inadvertently harm, you know, le those legitimate advertisers and publishers. So I think it's, you know, with as with everything, it's a balanced approach. It's it's kind of not thinking that it is, it's not the silver bullet, it's not the be all and end all, but it, it can help us to, to grow and to achieve as an industry and address a lot of challenges as long as we approach it in the right way. Thanks, Jules, for that wisdom. Um, Dino, what do you think? So I think the, to go back to something you mentioned earlier on about is this a uniquely digital problem? The answer is no, in terms of there are lots of other kind of ad fraud things that happen that come through your door or whatever else it is. But in, in traditional media, things are regulated and monitored in a much more sufficient way. And that is done through humans, right? So the ASA and, you know, complaints and the public opinion and things like that. The problem is with digital is you often don't see it. You know, it's targeted in a certain way. You know, you see it and then it's gone, whatever else it's, you know, again, it's, it might even be ad fraud happening with a bot. So you never even engage with it. Um, so 
it's a uniquely digital problem that has exacerbated to this year, 20 billion to 100 billion, and it will carry on. And AI will only make it easier. The thing, the thing about AI is AI has always been involved in everything that we're doing, right? It's just dealing with complex information and, and it's made all the systems that we use to plan and buy media much, much more efficient, much better. But what's happened in the last 12 months is generative AI has made it very, very easy to do very lots and lots and lots and lots more things. So it's allowing criminals, let's say, to build models that can then work for them and things like that. And that is the big difference here. And, and when we go back to kind of like AI, I mean, really, we should talk about the algorithm because the algorithm is what's created, you know, kind of filter bubbles and misinformation to exist and kind of, you know, exacerbate in that sense. And we never even got to the transparency of the algorithm, how it was choosing and making decisions and, and, and allocating certain things. And we know that the damage that it's it's potentially caused teens and you know, child well-being, all the rest of it, and, you know, hate speech and all the rest. And if we can't even get into the bottom of an algorithm that's been designed by humans that's making bad errors and bad judgments, then when we program the AI and leave it to its own accord, you know, what is it going to be feeding off? What is it going to be learning off? Bad, bad, bad in, it's going to lead to terrible out. So right now, we can't trust the AI, of course, because we know that we've, you know, the, the evidence has shown that when we were given control of you know, using algorithms to create the future, we, we kind of messed it up, right? We, we've created something that's broken. So, so why should we trust that, you know, creating something that we leave into its own devices by the people that create something that creates something broken is going to suddenly resolve itself? It's not, is it? It's Einstein's definition of madness. So yeah, we need to, we need to, yeah. I think that's so interesting because for so long it's been framed as inadvertent algorithmic cruelty. And we've perhaps reached the stage where we can see that it's almost deliberate now. And Meninda, I'd love to get you to build on that. Do you trust AI's potential? Yes and no. It's a hard one, right? But I always say that it's like a double-edged sword. So, you know, there are advantages, but then, you know, it can be, like you said, so you have to train it to work work for the benefit, but it's it's down to brands, you know. I mean, we all love personalized ads and we want to get more customers, but at the end of the day, we have to make that conscious effort to, you know, also think about the privacy. So how much data is really being used to our benefit and whether are we, are we going to eventually lose those consumers because they are going to get fed up of, you know, ads coming from us all the time. Um, and then again, the other part is about being fair, you know, having the balance of being fair is, is so important. Um, and with that also comes the issue about the bias because, you know, you, we are the people using it. So we, we have to train that in the, in a way that we can, we can remove that bias and make it fair. That's such a lovely point to end on because that's a bit of a creative possibility to perhaps to build AI prompts that take some of the biased out of our existing systems. Um, I want to thank you all, Jules, Dino and Meninda for joining me on the Conscious Thinking podcast. You can check out more episodes on ConsciousAdNetwork.com. If you're not a member, I really would encourage you to please join the CAN Network and support its vital work. Thank you so much for tuning in.